This is the Human Node Podcast. Human Node is the first crypto biometric network where one human is equal to one node. Learn how you can become a human node at humannode.io. Okay, guys, we're waiting for Sharon to join and we'll be starting. Sharon, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, finally, man. We can hear you as well. Yeah, it seems like it was an issue with Telegram. Well, that happens. Now, please lead the way. Yeah, well, I guess. Uh, welcome, everybody. It's that time of the month again or for our humanoid fireside. Today's theme is human-based trust networks, uh, at least for the first half. And for the uh, second half, we'll go over some uh, exciting news. So, um, Dato, let's start with uh, a general overview. When we were talking about human-based trust networks, I assume we're talking about trust networks that do not depend on multitudes of bots to boost your uh, trust value. Like, like yeah, that, that's that's for sure. But most importantly, there's like another, uh, you know, type of verification and confirmation that I would like to talk to you about today is basically imagine this: um, you're having like a multitude of human nodes, right? Like hundreds, thousands, maybe like hundreds of thousands of them, and. Uh, Imagine you have some kind of information, either like your private signature or your maybe something that you want to store somewhere, but you basically don't want to trust everyone, or you don't have to like trust every single human node in the system. Um, that's what I wanted to talk about the way to like form uh, private trusted networks among people, where uh, basically you can choose. Um, among the human nodes, who is uh, precisely going to store your information, uh, safeguard your data, who is going to let uh, third parties to acquire your information and stuff like this. And basically, there's like a multitude of things that grow out of this particular use case. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I am getting there. Please expand a little more. Okay, so let me give you an example, right? So um, imagine I have like um, I have a, uh, a document uh, from a company I run that I have to store somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to be stored anywhere on centralized, uh, you know, service of uh, big corporations, but I'm, I'm still, you know, don't want to have it only on my uh, computer or on my node. So Where would I want to save you, you, you wouldn't want to save it in Google Docs. Yeah. So well, what, what I want to do is like, I want to save it into decentralized like space, blockchain or other like decentralized, uh, you know, data set of information. But mm -hmm. the thing is that I don't want to pay every single human out in the network to kind of verify the integrity of this document or verify something else. I just want to choose several validators that I trust to kind of store this among them. So in other words, I would like uh, choose you, uh, Victor and Sasha, for example, mm -hmm. and I would create a, a so-called trust network out of you for myself and my purpose. And basically you would uh, like uh, the, only the four of you as human nodes 
would basically hold my documents, uh, you know, have all the media files that I require or something like this. So it's like mm -hmm. a trust-based uh, relationships between me as a user and you as human nodes, but not all of you are human nodes. Like not, not all mm -hmm. the human nodes, just the one I trust or just the, the type of human nodes I choose. Maybe I would want to like have, uh, I, would, I would want to trust only the human nodes who are like transparent about their identity. So I trust only them. Maybe I would like to like shuffle up those who are pseudonymous or those who are transparent and do something like this. Or you just want free storage on your friend's computer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's also a reason. Mm -hmm. Now, you, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, uh, just uh, thinking about that here, of course, you know, there are cases where you'd want that as, you know, just close friends or whatnot, but would you see I mean, it might not be big corporation level, but would you see people forming teams to create uh, quote unquote data center type situations where people are known for having a lot of storage? You know, as, as we're discussing internally, um, technically it's very easy to imagine such a thing uh, together with IPFS, mm -hmm. where you're basically choosing like the who is holding like the, the pin set of the data that you're storing mm -hmm. and basically for now it's like, like uh, pseudonymous like account holders and validators but that could be human nodes mm -hmm. and um, imagine like from any any use case uh, connected to like your ordinary social life where you have mm -hmm. like private documents that you need to store or like you know uh, places that you even like imagine you want to store your password somewhere <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so you won't hold that into decentralized state and kind of give it out to um, different kind of people and you would want to it to remain private at the same time so yeah that's like a use case directly for for, for this site or you can imagine this trusted network as a sort of network formed by people working at the same organization you know um, Basically, we, we work in the same organization and we have like documents and stuff that goes around uh, that has to be accessed by some and should be restricted to other people. And we form trusted that from human nodes in our organization who we can trust. Hmm. So it's like, you know, the uh, human node media team can uh, store all our articles in each other's computers or each other's human nodes. Yep. <laughs> Practically, yeah. Well, if, if if you trust only like people from the media team, that's that's a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. But if you trust, you, if you would like your uh, info to be more decentralized, that's the use case I'm talking about here. Mm. So I mean, I, I would want to hear your guys' opinions about this. Is the working use case? Will anybody require something like this? What would you say? Hmm. It's um. It's actually quite interesting here. Uh, Victor, do you have any thoughts on this? Yep. Uh, in my opinion, it, it, it totally makes sense. But as always, I am concerned about the UX, UI you can deliver mm -hmm. uh, compared to what we have today, all using the Google account. Yeah. I mean, if we could just integrate the Google, would be pretty cool. 
but it's hard mm. to imagine because Google wants to store everything on its own servers. Yeah. Let's see. Edward, can you think of any uh, use cases here or what do you think about the theme? Yeah, I think instead of corporations, you're better off with trusting a few of your close friends and families, basically like a social recovery for your important documents or keys that will be far superior. Of course, we have to wait for the infrastructure to mature, but uh, I think we are heading towards the right direction. I'm just wondering, um, with the, and, you know, obviously, uh, there's always uh, memory requirements or hard disk space and whatnot. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, let's say we want to keep a file in 100 or 1,000 separate nodes or you know, just people that you like or trust. I mean, what kind of stores are we talking about here? Any thoughts here? Well, uh, for Victor? Yeah, well, first of all, we talk about some essential documents. I mean, it would be cool to store a film on your computer, but I will have to take it out from IPFS. It could take a lot of time. Hmm. And uh, yeah, some documents that you don't really want to lose in the long run, even if you lose everything you have, this is what trust networks i think should be created for in the first place hmm. Hmm. It's, an it's an interesting thought here and data what kind of use cases would you think of i mean like as, as you're mentioning earlier um uh it's like even your passport or certain legal documents or and who would you be the only one able to access it or would you be giving certain people access to it or how do you how do you view this i mean and it really depends on the way you see it like you can structure like a multi-level system for authorizing people uh you know dependent on on their node characteristics or who those people are in terms of your organization it can be like integrated them in, into various sources to represent the trust that you are basically uh how much do you rely on, on, on how many people and where the people are from? And basically, um, there's so much interesting in this terms about the growing uh, credibility of the trust that can be put into you. Just, um, we haven't uh, precisely talked about this uh, or anything, but imagine that you're, you're basically holding a lot of valuable information by a lot of people and basically you have never failed them in terms of uh you know safety of your information and basically your credibility would uh somehow grow in such a system and people could see that you're actually a, like that they can trust you even before they actually trust you mm -hmm. so well, let's it, say uh, if i was part of a certain trust network and um, let's say there's a scoring and people say, oh, this person is a reliable person. So let me trust, let me add this person as part of my uh, trust network. And what yeah. value would it add to me for earning all this trust? Uh, this is also this is an interesting question as well, because uh, basically, uh, you're conducting more operations than others 
in a private trusted network, right? Mm -hmm. So logically, people should be paying you for what you're doing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you're like transaction information because you're uh, storing it somewhere for them. And uh, of course, most important of all, that you're being like a re reliable source where they can safeguard information and like and be sure that nothing is going to happen to it unless something happens to you as a person mm -hmm. yeah but um the real question is shen would you rather trust um some sort of a group of people that consist of human notes or you would choose to kind of trust uh all human notes in, in in on the chain i mean every single one of them like what would be your oh, choice I, I, it's uh I, I guess it would really depend on the uh nature of the data i'm storing i mean you know one thing that i can can think of you know i guess this is more of an ipfs thing but um if my data is stored in a decentralized fashion and um, I don't have to worry about, let's say, here I am in Japan, uh, living in Tokyo, and we know a big earthquake is going to uh, hit within the next, you know, uh, 10 to 20 years. Um, you know, historically speaking, we're in that cycle now. So let's say a big one hits. Uh, my home is destroyed, my computers destroyed, my hard disks are destroyed, and I, uh, my data, my important data is stored um, amongst the humanoid network. That is, that would be something that you know I'd be uh, happy about. You know, I'd rather not store that type of information on, um, you know, um, Google, Google Docs, or you know. The Microsoft account where they scan everything anyway. Um, but if I'm talking about, let's say, specific shared documents. It's really hard to determine whether human network is as resilient and like survivable as Google is. But yeah. Now, but what, what, what my biggest here uh, concern is that, like, <sighs> You're basically limiting the amount of people who verify that something is true or not in your life to the people that you kind of know or that you trust. Mm -hmm. So you don't have like you don't need millions of human nodes verifying some truth uh, if that truth is not basically uh, applied to the whole network itself. So you mm -hmm. so you're basically choosing like those who will be delivering the truth connected to some particular case or issue or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, this is, let's see, any other thoughts here? Perhaps we can have, let's see, Andre, if Andre is available, or Crypto Kitty here. Any thoughts, any questions? No, people are being shy. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, uh, not a... Let's say you know you know with this vision, I mean, how would you how would you see this evolving, you know, from small scale to Google? Scale? I mean, okay, small scale is something like a family, right? Mm -hmm. So you basically have like family members, the documents of these family members um, 
things that they own, things that is considered to be given from one family member to another if other family members sign something upon it. Of course, there can be like different, um, uh, how can I say this, uh, different um, uh, the weights of the votes because like the parents and stuff and you know, you create a trusted network only of those individuals and only with their like biometric signature something is true or not and it's connected like to legal side of the matters that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But the evolution really lies here in terms of the enterprise. So basically you're creating like a trusted network uh, of human nodes inside your enterprise where if something is signed or stored is done specifically as, as your design is willing to like implement it basically. Different layers of authorization, different uh, truths and you know material obligations that go through one part of the system to another if like the majority of those who are, are participating in this trusted network uh, think so. Yeah, that's basically like my vision of scaling here. Because there's a lot of things going inside of organization way, you know, beyond the trusted signature of um, managers. And this could be like their solution case because basically they are, um, how can I say this? They're attaching the, the signature of their truth and their weights to their biometrics directly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can easily see how it like, skills from this way forward right mm -hmm. okay for, for example right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um if you're running a firm and you're an executive mm -hmm. you have some things that you're dealing with which are only like authorized to like nine board members or 11 board members right there mm -hmm. right and you can like uh basically uh modify the system the way you see it and like give some verification uh, rights only to this type of people because it's an organization. Or you could, uh, if you have any other like levels of management inside your system, you can mm -hmm. give other rights and obligations to them. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. That is definitely uh, something that is probably, uh, can be implemented at, uh, Many levels, actually. Hmm. This is uh, one of those uh, topics that you know really have to. You can think of you know, um, you know, a thousand different uh, models from this. You know, just starting from you know, uh, um, crypto biometric based you know signature and authentication systems to uh, really. Uh, Going all the way from building, um, I guess, large-scale repositories to family-based um, trust networks. Yeah, I mean, anything here. That's 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 the understanding of it. I mean, for example, some devs are or engineers are working in a repository, and they have some characteristics to their uh, human nodes. Um, that define what weights they have in verification of stuff, you know, like pulling mm -hmm. mergers and you know delivering code and what uh, distinguishes truth inside their human node trusted system. But mm -hmm. the one thing is for sure that uh, 
basically they definitely know that the person has been signing and verifying stuff uh, with mm -hmm. using his biological traits, basically. Yeah. Yep. That is definitely a very strong use case there. I mean, you might very well know about different angles of attack that the huge mm -hmm. uh, communities or, or enterprises face is basically when someone is trying to uh, emulate um, a decision from, um, you know, higher management and mm -hmm. related decision to the lower ma management for uh, basically implementation. But mm -hmm. there was no real uh, decision maker there and they just copycatted his signature or something like this. So this could be like totally negated if this was a trust network built on biometrically authorized nodes, yeah. which verified truth. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, um, just looking at, you know, recent history in Japan, well, you know, for Japan has never been a country that has relied on signatures. Um, signatures is something that uh, they don't, they haven't accepted on any, any legal documents. It's always been a seal uh, with your name, you stamp it in ink, you stamp it with your a seal. And it used to be that these seals were fairly um, original because they actually had artists that would create uh, original seals for you with your uh, your characters. And in the past 20 years or so, uh, people decided that that's, that's too expensive. So they have, uh, there are shops that do these seals uh, automatically. Uh, you select a font, type your name in, and it automatically creates a seal. And you know, the cheaper the seal, uh, the more copies of it. You know, if it's a popular name, you know, you can have you know a couple thousand people with the same seal, which uh, and it's easy to order a seal. So you actually have cases where, let's say, you're a board of a director, and you are ordered to resign and you do not agree to it, but somebody can just take a, a copy of your seal or a similar one and just uh, stamp the document and you're officially uh, relieved of duty. And, you know, also, you know, of course, when you're in an organization and you're supposed to get your boss's permission, but you don't want to deal with it, you know, you get a similar skill, seal with his name and stamp it. And, you know, suddenly it's an official document. Actually, uh, a secretary of a company that I worked with had uh, something like 10 different seals from various board members and uh, uh, managers in her drawer because they were too busy and they couldn't bother with it. So they're like, yeah, just, you know, uh, stamp my seal on it and she'd go through and find the appropriate seal which was a copy made and she'd uh, stamp it and it would become an official document well recently the japanese government has finally decided that um this practice is kind of outdated and it causes more problems in the modern era when people can just scan it and do whatever so Japan is moving away from this and they're trying to find ways of 
getting reliable digital signatures or ways of uh, verifying decisions or authentications. And actually, a lot of money is going into building various systems. But I mean, this is something that can be easily done uh, their biometrics. I think this is something that um, uh, Japanese companies could actually adopt to pretty quickly. Yeah, it might just be a small use case, but um, just looking at what's happening around me, I can definitely see a use case there. So let's see, we're about uh, halfway through this um, uh, episode here. Do we have any questions from anybody here? Uh, you have any questions uh, concerning human-based trust networks or any comments or any thoughts? Please uh, feel free to speak up here. And if not... Um... Guys, 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 guys. Oh, go ahead. Hello. 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 <laughs> I, 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 I read for questions. I, my name is Victor. I'm from Russia, from Siberia. I'm sorry for my English is not... Uh, and very well, but I'm trying and learning and practicing. Human knows is an amazing project and, uh, and exciting for me. Mm, uh, and then, uh, thank you for all. Uh, and my, my question is uh, how it uh, be in uh, realizing the real uh world and in physical and uh, it's an application on the phone uh, with uh, camera uh, biometrics it's uh, only uh, um, uh, face id or maybe the gps uh, track maybe no um, how it, it um, just a second how it uh, the um, for uh, for users application and uh, um, and how uh, much uh, resources of the CPU uh, run um, for node uh, ah, maybe, so maybe how yes. it, it re realize yes in um, in final. So, so it's like the hardware requirements, and you know. Uh, yeah, and how the process looks yeah, like yeah. overall. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what do you need for it? Chen, could you go please with it because apparently our internet is dead. Oh, oh, I, uh, actually, um, if you are able to, if not, I'll just uh, I'll start it off. And one thing is that. Uh, the the requirements will be changing as we move forward. Um, as as far as uh, biometrics go, I mean, originally, you know, for 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 our first um, implementation, we'll be doing uh, live detection uh, with uh, using a facial recognition software and. Picture uh, video on camera. Yes. On, on uh, with, with with video. Uh, with uh -huh. with it will be it'll it will be starting with a video, uh, and it is you know 
it's the original process in registering a node might take time because you know you have to uh, there's the live detection uh portion of it so they the system has to verify that you are a real human being um but you will you will need a uh a camera on your device so as far as you know hardware requirements uh starting for the test net which we will be moving on to very soon um the hardware requirements are basically you know a two cpu uh two cpu cores four gigabytes of ram 40 gigabytes of disk space uh 100 megabps of internet connection a public ip address or forwarding ports uh in nat um for GNU, it could be uh, GNU Linux. Um, works in Windows and in Mac OS. And Android, Android. Uh, yes, iOS. Uh, as for as for facial recognition, yeah, anything would work, and even the old versions of the phone. We just need at least Ooh. one megapixel camera uh, to Ooh. get the biometrics, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I understand more, more, a little, little more about it. <laughs> no problem. And actually, um, the second uh, part of our uh, episode today, our fireside today, we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the test network. Um, we will be launching officially launching the Humanoid test network on September twenty eighth. And actually, yeah, which is Tuesday. Uh, yes, next Tuesday, and we'll be uh, inviting people to join in batches of about fifty people. So we will growing be growing the size of the test network for people to uh, test various aspects of become human nodes and start to build uh, the system online here. Mm -hmm. Cool. So cool. So, Victor, uh, do you want to uh, explain about a bit about uh, the test network and uh, how people can get involved? Yes, please. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so it will be pretty easy, actually. Anything, everything that you need to know from using your computer is just using the command line in order to write the path to the binary files that we'll be sending you. Uh, then after launching the node on your computer, you will go through biometric authentication twice. And actually right now it takes up to five seconds and that's it. Uh, yes, it is a 3D model of your face. Yes, it gets encrypted. Uh, and uh, well, there is video to determine whether that's a living human being in front of the camera or not, but it still takes under five minutes, uh, seconds, seconds to, to, to get through it. Uh, and, uh, well, what I have to say, what is really exciting about that testnet is you probably remember if you participated in the testnets of other networks that what they want to try is to show off uh, how much transactions per second their network is capable of. Well, it's not our goal for now uh, because we were mostly working on the 
biometric part of our network. And for now, in terms of the network throughput, we're pretty much dependent on the Aura and Grandpa consensuses and uh, the overall uh, substrate implementation that Parity Technologies kindly provided to us open source so that we could build our own blockchain based on that. And uh, the thing is, if you go around and try to find out information, oh, and uh, how many nodes can the uh, standard consensuses from Substrate and Polkadot uh, support, or how will the transaction per second fall if you have too much of nodes, or what are really the minimum requirements to run the Substrate node uh, for the network to be performant for its uh, current rates that it needs, well, we will probably find all that out during our testnet because we will be trying to get, we will be having nodes in batches uh, because otherwise it will be really hard to support uh, all the people that want to get into the testnet. But eventually we want to have as many nodes as possible on our network uh, in its first implementation that we built. It's still far from the mainnet version. And uh, we will be effectively testing the substrate uh, framework itself and how many nodes they can handle until something goes wrong or until we can, you know, reach the limits of the network because there are too many nodes and uh, too many transactions that we try to run on our human node network. The, I think uh, I'll stop here for now, and uh, I wonder what exactly do you want to discuss about the test next? Mm, uh, I understand what uh, you're testing how uh, maximum load, uh, the maximum value of uh, how how many nodes uh, needs for for minimum uh, for minimum maybe uh, network uh, of two nodes two people five people uh, how uh how no, in fact people well, uh, actually, need to, uh, if you look if you look at the substrate yeah two nodes is a minimum uh but that's that's i mean not what we're aiming for we're actually aiming to build a system where we can theoretically reach millions of nodes in i don't know 10 years or so uh, but for now, we want to find out what new blockchain technologies can afford without us uh, rebuilding them. And, uh, well, I hope we will reach 200 nodes at least if people won't be, won't be too lazy to launch them. Um, another thing to, to show people the process more of how they will go through liveness detection every month we will have such a rule on our mainnet, but on our testnet, we decided to make it much more frequent and people will be doing it probably once or three days, um, each time going through the biometric authentication enrollment to show people that it's, it's pretty easy and it's not really a big burden on their life to verify their existence 
once in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 what uh, what what uh, uh, what I uh, do if on uh, my notebook uh, camera don't don't work or is a personal computer the without camera may I use that uh, uh, such as such as uh, kick uh, scan care uh, yeah actually uh, that's, that, that's exactly how it's working uh, when you mm -hmm. launch yeah when you launch the node on the computer you get the QR code and with the QR oh. code you just yeah with oh. your uh, phone and your front camera go through biometric authentication mm -hmm. in a small application that we've built. And the network will be growing, and of course, the test net will be growing as we implement uh, more technologies and more of um, our system. So, this whole process, and we, our mainnet, our goal is to launch our mainnet next June. So for the next uh, nine months or so, we'll be uh, working on constantly updating these systems. So we'll probably have like, you know, anywhere from 17 to 20 uh, versions of the testnet before we get up to mainnet launch. And of course, in mainnet launch, we'd want I don't know, probably at least 10,000 users. <laughs> so, you know, if anybody you is know. interested, if anybody's interested in uh, being part of the test net, especially from the uh, early stage, um, I know the announcement has been on Twitter and it's on Telegram uh, and whatnot, but there's a link that you can click to sign up for the uh, test net. And uh, we're working on creating, um, of course, manuals and uh, videos of the manual and how you set up. So we'll, we'll try to make it as easy as possible. Of course, as we move forward, we probably won't be required to know command lines. So um, it will become easier and easier, but it's always more beneficial to uh, start earlier. Cool. Mm -hmm. We understand. Uh, uh, how long uh, is the first part of uh, this week? Uh, mm, uh, biometric uh, testing. Uh, how long is uh, how how many days? Uh, one week, uh, two week. Well, mm. it uh, it all depends really on the number of participants that will be coming. But our goal is to really test it out, uh, have as many notes as possible before closing it down to find out the limits of the substrate technology that we already integrated. So uh, we don't have really exact length of the test net. Uh, we'll be just allowing people to enter it by batches of 50 people when the next 50 people is onboarded, we're going with 50 people more until we decide that, okay, uh, everything is working fine, but I have to tell you that we're not expecting everything to work fine. And we're sure that the testnet 
will go down a couple of times for one reason or another. Uh, effectively, our community will be helping us to find out where the main issues and limitations are and what should we work more on before the main net. Yes, and obviously, you know, if you are knowledgeable in coding or let's say you're a white hack, a white hat hacker, you're more than welcome to join in the discussion and see how you can stress the network and see how you can crash it. And the more uh, you crash it and you find out how it crashed, the stronger the system will get. So, Victor, just out of curiosity, how many things, how many times do you think the testnet will crash in the first two weeks? I think it will be pretty smooth until we launch the certain number of nodes. And uh, the, the, the thing is that things will start crashing when a lot of uh, people will join as nodes and they and then they decide to not continue doing this. So most likely we will crash when a lot of nodes enter the network. And then while the testnet is still running, they will uh, shut down their computers. Because if you have too much of them shut down in the short period of time, uh, the network will crash because of the liveness requirements. Mm -hmm. The requirements of having at least a certain percentage of the nodes during this term. And uh, this is actually one of the reasons why we will uh, have to have people validating their identities frequently, because that is what will keep the testnet running. If, for example, we will have half of nodes uh, going down during uh, one week, it can still be okay if they don't quit in the same day, for example. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the answer to this question. And actually, that is why we're running the testnet, not to show off our technology, but to find out the limits of what we have built so far. And that is key here, because actually, um, one thing that I always find interesting, and I, and I know it's um, uh, it might be trivial or nothing to be, you know, um, excited about. But, you know, when the humanoid uh, current core team gets together, we, you know, we meet at least uh, as a group once a day to, you know, talk about what we've been doing, you know, progress in various portions of uh, the project. And let's say we're talking to the uh, uh, biometric authentication team. The BIOS team will be like, okay, I've been working on um, the accuracy of, um, you know, let's say facial recognition. And, you know, today we we went from uh, a 96.0% accuracy to 96.3 accuracy. And, you know, I think we're going to have to tweak the main the mainframe a little more. We're going to have to do this, or we're going to have to uh, adjust this. And you know, it's it's really small steps, but you know, starting from let's say half a year ago, the numbers are you know, the amount of progress that has been made is quite amazing. 
And, you know, it's just a continuation of a lot of small steps by some very, very smart and dedicated people where the, um, the, the whole human network is getting not only more stable, um, but uh, more accurate. And I can see by the time uh, we get to mainnet, we would have made uh, a lot of mistakes and we would have learned from a lot of mistakes and we had made, you know, quite a stable system that uh, will be extremely acceptable, but at the same time, uh, something that we can further improve on. So really, you know, uh, as we've been saying, the goal of this test net isn't really to, to show off uh, how flashy it is or how beautiful the uh, UI is or, you know, what kind of cool things we can do at this stage. Right now, our, our target is really to uh, brush it up and build this as a community. And this is one thing that, you know, I find uh, extremely um, beneficial for uh, the humanoid uh, network as a whole. It's, it's not just, you know, a couple people come up with a uh, nice idea and slap together a fancy product and um, ship it and everybody pays for it. And those who create it make a lot of money. It's more of a project where uh, people who see a common goal here on creating this network are really building it together and uh, improving it day by day, learning from each other, learning from the mistakes, learning from the successes, and getting more and more people involved in building this network as, in the end, uh, everybody who participates in the network will, will become co-owners of this network. It's not going to be you know, a group of people that owns everything. It's like every participant is going to be an equal co-owner. So as we move forward in the test net and more people get involved and uh, more people assist in the building process and the testing process, uh, the stronger the, uh, the end product will be and the stronger the community will be and the stronger you know, our whole foundation will be. So I really, really hope more and more people will join, even if it's just to uh, test it out and see uh, how far we've gone or if it's acceptable or not, or if there's a future for it. You know, the more people involved and uh, the better. So, okay, well, we're down to about uh, a couple more minutes. I'd like to open or again. Does anybody have any final questions, comments, anything that they want to share? It doesn't have to be about uh, the human node uh, test net or human-based trust networks. Just anything that comes to your mind. If you want to know uh, what color polka dots uh, Dato has on his underwear today, that's a question too. Feel free to ask whatever. Edward, do you have any questions or comments? Guys, no. uh, little comments. It's uh, it's uh, seven uh, people in this chart of, on on start and thousand and thousand on on final. I I believe in this. Mm -hmm. Yep, this will be a step by step building process. 
<laughs> yeah, people just don't want to talk. They come to listen to the podcast later. <laughs> They're afraid that I'll call their name out and they'll have to ask questions. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for uh, this fireside. As for our next fireside that we plan uh, two weeks from now, what I do hope we can do is we'll have a full fireside uh, focused on the testnet, and we will be inviting uh, all the users that have participated in the testnet and are interested in participating in the testnet to join us. And we can have an open discussion, live discussion about the testnet, their experiences, uh, their hopes, their fears, their uh, successes and failures in the testnet. And so uh, the next episode should be uh, quite interesting. And I hope everybody will join us. Uh, let's see, Dado's not here. So I guess uh, that's that. Once again, thank you everybody for joining us and we'll see you next week. See you. Thank you everybody for coming again. We're still Very small, much. but we're, yeah, we're glad seeing new people coming in every week. Thank you. Bye, bye. Cheers. It was a pleasure. Cheers.